irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. How do you balance savagery with religion in Connecticut? Do homeless dogs deserve a home? What do Howard Stern and cats have in common? These are just a few of the topics we will be covering today. Hello, I am William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DeFabio. Welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals in science to animals in entertainment to animals in religion and animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. So this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusion. So our guest today, she'll be hopping on at about 2.30. Uh, we're in Los Angeles, by the way, is Audrey Harvey. She's the campaign manager with Last Chance for Animals. And we will be talking about circus animals today. Uh, but before we start, uh, let me tell you a little story about a team of small furry animals and a team of insects. They decided to play football. So during the first half of the game, the small animals were winning. But during the second half, a centipede scored so many touchdowns that the insects won the game. When the game was over, the chipmunk, one of the furry animals, the loser, asked the centipede, where were you during the first half of the game? And the little centipede replied, putting on my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Dale, Dale, do you like this one? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, he approves. Okay. So how many shoes did he have to put on? A uh, hundred. Centi? No, but is it 200? 100. Ch- centi, 100. Centi, so he has 100 shoes. Yeah. He's not pairs of shoes, right? No. Well, I mean, he has two. No, he, he just has 100, 100 feet, yes. That's, 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 a long, <laughs> that's very taxing on the poor guy. <laughs> I think it's a cute little joke. Would he? Yes, we all do. <laughs> so this to the audience, they agree too. Okay, let's get started. The Savalai Poultry Shop on Granby Street in Bloomfield, Connecticut, has been cleared to reopen after agreeing to comply with regulations regarding treatment of livestock, according to the State Department of Agriculture. The shop was ordered closed by the Department of Agriculture on July 18. The butcher shop was closed for an investigation following the July 13 incident where a cow ran away from the store. The cow was chased by three Saba employees and a police officer who happened to drive by. When the cow was captured at the Home Depot parking lot across the street, an employee slit its throat. Slit the cow's throat or slit its own throat? Well, he should have slit his own throat, but he slit the cow's throat. Terrible. Bloomfield police officer Brendan DeHair was driving past the Home Depot when he saw the butcher shop employees running across the street. He turned across to assist, spotted the brown cow covered in feces, and called for backup, according to the police report. Once the employees reached the cow, three employees grabbed it, presumably to restrain it with a rope or a leash. Well, that's what the police officer thought, that they were trying to restrain the cow. Little did he know that they were slaughtering it. Yeah. But then one of the shop employees, Bader Musaid, the 39 of Windsor, Connecticut, used a knife to kill the cow. Halal butcher shops slaughter meat using methods approved and followed by the Islamic religion, including the use of a sharp knife and a single cut to sever the windpipe. On the body camera footage, Officer Donahare can be heard saying to a fellow officer, quote, this is ridiculous. I thought they were corralling it. That's the thing. So they had it, and I'm like, okay, they've got it. Then I see them cut its throat, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like this in my life. The employee who killed the cow, Badr Musayed, was released from jail on a $10,000 bond and is expected to appear in court on August 23rd on charges of public disturbance. He'll get a fine of 100 bucks and be on his way. Right. The incident sparked investigations by the Agriculture Department, police zoning officials, and the local health and fire departments. 
During an inspection on July 17th, the Agriculture Department found about 2,000 poultry, including chickens, ducks, quail, guinea fowl, and pigeons, confined in cages, as well as about 30 rabbits, three sheep, and three kid goats, according to a report. When an inspector arrived at the shop with outdoor temperatures between 85 and 90 degrees, all windows and doors were closed, no fans were on, no air conditioning in the facility was provided. The animals appeared lethargic and were panting, all indications of heat stress. The investigation concluded the store's confined animals, quote, were not given proper care and that the animals were not caged or restrained to prevent the animals from doing injury to themselves or to another animal or failed to supply any such animals with wholesome air, food, and water. The basics. Some of the ceilings had feathers, fat, and filth hanging over processing tables. The facility had no hot water. Butchering utensils were not properly sanitized or stored. Contact surfaces for the meat were unclean, and the shop's bandsaw had an accumulation of fat and bone under its cover, according to the report. A driver who had brought 100 goats and calves from Massachusetts showed up while the inspector was there. He was ordered to leave. Saba agreed to stipulations including that all animals entering the facility must be slaughtered within seven days. Animals should be separated based on age and species and specific guidelines for the number of animals housed together in confined spaces. With a slap under it's terrible. Yeah, no real justice here. What? Yeah. In response to the sling, PETA announced that it is constructing a billboard in honor of the young cow killed behind the Home Depot. So this is my question. So uh, you're supposed to keep, before you slaughter an animal, according to the Islamic religion, and I'm not an expert by far, you're supposed to keep the animal in good, clean, because they, they make the ultimate sacrifice. So you're supposed to keep them in clean conditions, um, you know, proper ventilation. The animal makes the ultimate sacrifice, not the Islamic. No, the, no, the, the animal. The animal makes the so, sacrifice. So not only was were they not well kept prior, but Disrespect I think the also animals. there's the Prophet Muhammad who also says, or some prophet in the Islamic religion says you have to like have compassion for animals. You have to you you have to keep them. You have to treat them with compassion and sensitivity. Um, so again, and this really really pisses me off because we're t- so you think that just by having an animal's neck severed in that manner, you are a good. You're going to go to heaven and you know be. Allah's going to love you? Or does it matter? Do, 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 matter. Do, the, do the customers even know that this place is like... Does anybody know that this is what's going on? No, I think we have to... We have to that's, what, that's one of our functions, to release this information for them to know. It just drives me nuts, because what's the point of performing this religious practice on an animal if, that, if no other conditions are met? I think, I think the focus is to kill the animal... Right to slaughter the animal in a humane manner by you know right cutting that carotid artery okay doing it that way but you're quite correct but everything else the conditions that build up to that the inhuman treatment right. uh, the inhumane treatment of them and the the, the right. conditions the heat eighty five ninety degrees outside they must be exposed it's just a, a bunch of primitive it, it just it just drives me absolutely yeah. bananas that and it, they practice yeah. like that They're that they practice like that it's virgin. like uh, right. <laughs> They're not going to go to seventy-two-year-old virgin. But I guess they think much. because you know, or maybe the customers don't know. The customers probably don't know. Yeah, so it's just. So we have uh, to educate them. It just drives me nuts. That's <laughs> You're right, and that's the. What, that and that's what crazy. you hear when you walk into. What's the name of this place in Connecticut? The Saba. Saba. Yeah. Saba means fright night. Okay, so Halloween will be celebrated at that location. I mean. As a customer, you should check on your... I mean, I'm not in favor of any of this. I think it's still very barbaric that you can have live animals butchered in Bloomfield, Connecticut. It's Especially just like, wow. Especially home, home Depot. But if you're going to... If you have to do that, if you're going to be religious and, you know... Be want, consistent. Be consistent. Be check consistent. on your butcher. Make sure the place is clean and well-ventilated because you keep him in business... You keep him in business. You encourage him you, you to Islamic do this. Followers of halal okay. out there, you know it's one thing to 
humanely slaughter the animal, but if you're going to torture the animal in those hor horrid conditions, building up to the slaughter. No wonder that cow ran away. Right. And also those conditions, if you care about your health. Oh look my at goodness. all the bone and the and dirt the stuff and the crap on the, on the all table. The, all the, the meat table is not sanitary. Wow. Right? That wouldn't be tolerated here in Los Angeles, raiding all the butcher shops, no. A, B, C, D, and all with our homes people here. We wouldn't tolerate that here in Los Angeles. Uh, I think we do. Right? <laughs> we, would, we wouldn't have yeah. any homeless people near our slaughterhouses. No. But uh, does LA have slaughterhouses? We do. Because there was a I protest. Nancy, I brought to your attention a protest. They were protesting the sacred Dodger dogs. These are like the 12-inch oh, yeah. longs or these big, long Dodger yeah. dogs. And you had some animal rights folks, which we might want to acquaint ourselves with these people. Yeah. And it was caught on the news. And they were outside a couple of slaughterhouses in Vernon or wherever. Oh yeah, it is. I remember the story. And yeah. if we're not right in Vernon, we don't mean to disparage your community, but whatever, wherever the slaughterhouse is, it was some inhumane uh, slaughterhouses yeah, yeah, I remember. there, and they yeah. were trying to put pressure on the Dodger Dog folks. Yeah. So for those of you who are up to date on up to speed on the news item, you can contact us at. Three two three area two zero three zero eight one five. That's what again, Nancy. Three two three two zero three zero eight one five. And Nancy's web page open twenty four hours a day is what animallawlawyer.com. and you can email me Nancy at animallawlawyer dot com if you want to comment on the story, um, or just if you want to talk about anything. So uh, let's get let's so carry that's, on. That's a good segue into the homeless phenomenon here yeah. in LA. So now people are coming to LA not just to see Disneyland, Disneyland, Knott's Berry Park, Legoland, the beach, Santa Monica, all the beautiful tourists of Universal City. They're coming to see our ten cities here. Yeah, we have ten cities. What at least at least fifty thousand poor homeless souls are all over the place. On the yeah, we have a lot of uh, a lot of vagrants around here. Yeah, yeah a lot. So um, that'll lead us into the next story: here, yeah. California's homeless crisis. Thanks to Yoga Pants there, uh, Garcetti, Eric, and uh, Gruesome, Governor Gruesome, uh, Gavin Gruesome, GG. California's homeless crisis is a major focus for lawmakers in Sacramento. Dozens of bills related to the issue have already been filed. According to federal estimates, about a quarter of all homeless people in the nation live in sunny, dry California, right. totaling nearly... We were way off, Nancy, totaling nearly 130,000 on any given day. It's hard to take a census there because, you know, you might be stabbed with some hypodermic needle or have yeah. feces thrown at your head. Right. So they can't really take an accurate count here of the census. And the state has the highest rate of unsheltered homeless individuals, around 70%, meaning that they are very likely to be spending their nights outside. Many homeless Many homeless people won't go into shelters because they have pets, and many shelters don't have the infrastructure necessary to care for them, advocates say. Senator Robert Hertzberg has proposed a bill, SB 258, that would dedicate $5 million to shelters to provide food, shelter, and veterinary care for animals belonging to residents. According to one nonprofit's estimate, up to 10% of homeless people may have pets, other estimates suggest the number could be twice that. Some shelters put conditions on allowing pets, requiring documentation that shows they are supported animals uh, or up-to-date on their vaccination. Others don't allow them, period. In Sacramento, Front Street Animal Shelter, part of the city's animal control services, opened a pet-friendly facility in December of 2017. Bobby Mann is the communications manager at the shelter. He stated that over the course of the past year, residents brought in more than 300 pit bulls, Labrador retrievers, chihuahuas, and German shepherds. The policy attracted people who wouldn't have used the shelter otherwise, Mann says, and also present, presented an opportunity to provide basic veterinary care for animals they can pose public safety risks. Mm -hmm. While volunteers of America address the uh, need of the owners, Front Street employees would vaccinate, microchip, and feed their pets. Man says they also offered free spay and neuter services as well as training for owners of animals that are at a higher risk from biting people. Some people will question whether homeless people should have animals. Yeah, yeah. Should they? 
How can they provide food and proper medical attention to their animals if they can't provide for themselves? One study of nearly 400 homeless youth using drop-in centers in Los Angeles found that nearly a quarter of those young people had a pet and that nearly half of them reported that having a pet made it more difficult to find shelter, not to mention long-term housing. Yet those with pets also reported less loneliness and depression than their peers without animal companions. In a city the size of Los Angeles, he said only a handful of homeless shelters accept pets, but those that do are finding it successful. Within the facilities, animals typically reside in a crate alongside their human partner. The crates protect their res- other residents who may be afraid of the animals and help keep the shelters clean. Pets of the Homeless, a nonprofit based in Nevada, has created a map of resources. Founder Genevieve Frederick said owners typically have dogs, but the organization has also handled 240 cats, plus a bird and a pet pig. So this is what I think about this. Um, This is your take. Yeah, this is my take. There are some people who think that it's cruel for a homeless person to have an animal when they can't even take care of themselves. And and I agree, even though apparently it helps them cope, but they should be off the street altogether. Um, for me, the cost of the program is only $5 million. So, And it would allow, when you think about the welfare of the animal, it would allow the dog, the cat, the pig, whatever, to get veterinary care, nourishment, exercise, and it would be microchipped. So, you know, they could keep track, I guess, of the animal. Um, it would have an address because you can't, you know, return it to the street. Um, so it might be a good idea. Uh, but this is what I would do. If I were the legislature, if I were in charge of something, I would offer shelter to the home. I think it's, I would offer shelter to the homeless person, with the, let's say with the dog, with the animal, with the dog. If they declined the offer, if the offer, I would take the dog because or the cat or whatever, right. because obviously they don't care about the welfare of the animal. It's just like taking a child away. If they want to away. sacrifice and be exposed right. to the elements or whatever it is, why should they subject an innocent animal who right. can't speak for himself? Because the argument is That's that true. they're not going because nobody takes their animal. So now we'll take your do- if you don't want to go, we'll take your dog. And if they go to the shelter and they get out again because they have to shoot up or get drunk or you do whatever the they dog. do, you keep the dog. There you go. Um, Nancy, what about those dogs that you see sometimes on the back of a bicycle or with a cardboard yeah. thing? And they put sunglasses on the dog, make the dog or cat look stupid. Well, that's horrible. That's an abuse of the animal. I, I no, the, no, that's you know wrong. What I'm describing? Yeah, I know what you're talking Sometimes about. Sometimes you'll see that at Venice Beach here in Los Angeles. Well, so we're, it's it's like and the it, circus that we're going to be talking about in about 15 minutes. And exploit the animal, you know. I mean, look, think about it. If these people have minor ch- children, there's no way that the the small children would be allowed to live with them under those horrible conditions, right? That's so true. why should they be allowed to keep their dogs and cats who also require food, shelter, they the require animal. medical care? Um, and, and unfortunately, and, and they, you know, we need to help these people, but, but they're drug addicts, they're alcoholics, they have mental health issues. I wouldn't leave my cats with, or my child with, 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 with that person. And in L.A., they're causing a lot. A lot of them are they're just killing people and injuring people and attacking people with syringes. Right. They need help. I they don't need know if to... the world's getting those news feeds from L.A., but a lot of the people in uh, in the homeless environment, they're the vagrants. They push people in front of trucks and they maim them. It's unbelievable. They need to change the laws yeah. so that they don't have to release those people back into the street. They need to do something. It's almost like they become a protected class. But these people, you, you, they gotta get help. You know, you're 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 enabling them. The government is enabling them. Anyway, enough time spent on that. Let's let's go on. Let's carry on here. This week, Harvard Law School announced the launch of a new program that will train its students to advocate for animals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, The Animal Law and Policy Clinic will be part of HLS's Animal Law and Policy Program and will focus on issues affecting farmed and captive animals, wildlife, climate change-related topics, worker exploitation in animal agriculture, and, uh, and other topics with the goal of creating future leaders in the animal protection movement. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the clinic will train and prepare graduates to embark on careers in the animal protection field, produce impactful litigation, and 
policy analysis to benefit the animal protection movement and provide an internationally renowned platform for educating the broader public about the many pressing issues involving animal law and policy. ALPP, that's the Animal Law and Policy Clinic. Oh, that's the Animal Law and Policy Program. Well, same thing. It's trying just to see if I'm paying attention here. <laughs> the faculty director, Professor Kristen Stilt, you know what she said? What did she say? I'll tell you what she said. <laughs> she said that clinically with students a hands-on experience in litigation, legislation, administrative practice, right. and policymaking, both in the United States and internationally. And we are an international show. Yes, we are, so we actually. Have, we're, we are worldwide. We are. We are in the internet, the extranet, the terrestrial net. Right. Mars Maven, that lunar... You have people in France listening to us. And well, Mars the, Maven. He also has the... Oh, that Maven. Yeah. You know the Mars well, Maven, right. M-A-V-E-N? He listens to our he show. He listens to us, too. He cares about animals, and he's orbiting right. Mars. He's so cute, Mars And he's Maven. a cutie pie, and he's still alive and well. He was yeah, launched the yeah. Mars Maven in 2013, <laughs> and he endorses this show. Yes, I Mars think Maven. so, yes. Right. <laughs> we have a little tidbit here on Beth and Howard Stern. Are you yeah. ready, Nancy? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not you a You were big... born ready. Yeah, I was born ready. So what's going on with who's Beth and Howard Stern? Well, Howard's been so-so with animals all the while. He eats a lot of tuna to stay slim. But since Beth uh, Tukowski, whatever her name is, is such an animal advocate, yeah. he's become an empath and totally supports her and her endeavors to preserve and protect and promote animal welfare. And this is true. So Howard does that, and we're proud of how we love it, okay? So Beth and Howard Stern have a, a home full of kittens and cats. Mm. Kittens are a baby cat. Thank you okay. for clarifying so, there that. There you go. So, <laughs> so, Very important. There you go. Thank you, Chadwick. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Over the past five and a half years, Beth and Howard have opened their home to close to 900 fosters. Nancy, certainly they don't have 900 fosters in their premises as well. No, I mean, they probably rotate them. Yeah. Or sponsors them. Yeah. Because he lives in a condo in, in, in Manhattan. <laughs> he lives in a condo with Regis I mean, Philbin and all those kinds of guys. He I'm lives. sure it's a big condo, but they don't have 900 right. cats. I mean, the, the, they would come and take the cats right. away. It's he just li- you can't have 900 right. cats. Right. He's, he's in a condo with Regis Philbin and all those guys. Howard Stern is best known for his radio show, The Howard Stern Show. Beth, Beth takes pride in fighting, or excuse me, finding forever families for each foster they bring in. Currently, Beth and Howard have about 12 fosters in their home. Wow. Okay. They also have four resident cats, Bella, Yoda, Walter, and Pebble. That, Those I'm are like, their cats. This is cool. And he's got two stations there on his uh, yeah, radio. Yeah, he's got two, yeah. So there's another reason yes, for me to listen to this guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your thing. But yeah, you, they, they have four cats, and they... they uh, she That's does so an amazing cool. job. She's, she's all in. She's she's great. Twelve fosters in their home, and since uh, since Alec Baldwin broke up with uh, Kim Basinger, yeah, does he give does he even give lip? No, to he's still animals? involved. I think she kind of pulled away. But what uh, about Alec? Other Alec than game is still in. Yeah, movies. he's still in the quite. He's involved in I animal don't hear activists. Him advocate for Peter or anything. Yeah, all the good things. Well, uh, he's still so, involved. I'm not finished with the story. But he's not in the forefront anymore. But re- right after this story, we got to tell them the latest with this, uh, the latest uh, with Impossible Burger news and the subway and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Hold on a moment. You know, sit tight, folks. This is a major <laughs> teaser, especially to someone like me who wants to know what fast food joint is introducing veggie products, man. This it's is, like a hobby of yours this now. This is major, major, <laughs> you know, it's five... Uh, Lickety blanks up here, okay? Anyway, Howard grooms them every morning, talks to them, spends time with them. Beth is quoted as saying, they're our family members. We don't have children together, so they're literally our children. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I'm going to cry. It's the, they're children. Do you have they any are... sad music? No. Well, next show, sad music. <laughs> or, or, or Dale, we need sad music. Do we have any applause? How did you like that heartfelt story? Can we have any applause? Yeah. What about the friggin' birds? There you go. Okay, so we have thumbs down to Trump's uh, two disgusting sons who pose. This is very old news. We're hunting uh, in Africa, and they were holding tails of elephants and tigers. This two disgusting imbeciles, yeah. hunters, and they, they should be shit on. Thank you very much. Okay, now let's go. Talking about uh, uh, what they should You're be doing. You're talking like you have Tourette's. Yeah, so they shit, shit on his this sons. This is as usual. 
upset on his shot. At least he has brains enough not to pose and hunt and do all that, Donald Trump. Anyway, here we go. So listen to this good news, folks. As we speak here, August 11th, they get a load of this. On all the Burger Kings across America, this is, this is fantastic news. As we speak, they're offering the Impossible Burger, all Burger Kings across America, any Burger King, you can get a Whopper with Impossible Burger meat in there that bleeds. It's supposed to bleed. Don't sue them if it doesn't bleed. But apparently it bleeds. So yes, is that exciting news? All Burger Kings yeah. in America, you go in there, you ask for your veggie burger there as a Whopper, and, and it, it's called, I think it's the Impossible Burger, yeah. and it bleeds. It's wonderful. Isn't that yeah. cool? Well, I had one from Mendocino Farms, but uh, I, 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 I didn't know that I had that option, but I'm happy I didn't get the one that bleeds because I don't think I want to... I want to yeah, see that. That'll be medium rare. <laughs> yeah, medium no, rare. it's that it won't work for me, even for a veggie burger. What to... isn't Subway also going to be? That's your piece of news, and Subway is still in the beta beta phase. They're just testing it, so taking their sweet time to get oh meatballs. Okay. So beyond, I think it's going to be beyond meatballs. Each one's taking territory, you know, beyond yeah, yeah. meat and impossible meat. So they're going to have meatballs soon at Subway. That are going to be a vegetarian, and I think they'll be made by uh, the the, uh, the Beyond Meat folks. Well, that's cool. So that's really cool. And also, the one or two of them are, are going to be providing, this is not the most appetizing thing, but I think one or two Beyond Meat or Impossible burgers are going to also provide uh, burgers to hospitals. So you guys can get, look forward to getting sick and ordering your veggie burgers at whatever your local hospital is. That should be exciting. Do you have any applause? No more applause for you today. Okay. okay. I'm all excited. Do we have any call-in folks? Yeah, today, I have uh, Audrey's calling in from Last Chance for Animals on 2.30, but I really want to finish talking about eggs. It's uh, It's been haunting me. And people have been writing asking this and that about eggs because I didn't tell the whole story. So uh, last time we ta- we stopped, we were talking about beak trimming because oh, um, they live in... Uh, terrible. N- you know, abnormal conditions to become aggressive. So, and they make them molt or something. Don't the forced molting. Yeah, forced molting. Um, uh, some most organic certifications require the the chicken, the hen, to molt naturally. Uh, you won't get an organic certification if you force molt the the hen, but you'd have to check with the people who certify. So, we're talking about the. There's a mechanical technique where. Um, you get acute you get acute pain either way, but uh, in all manners. But with the um, it's really they use a, a secateur. I don't. I guess I'm pronouncing it in French. Whatever. What's it called? A secateur. I guess like scissors. Um, to, but uh, to uh, cut the beak. The other way is a hot blade. It's like a oh boy. So they trim it with. It's a heated blade, which is often mechan me- mechanized, and yeah, also. It's horrible. Th- Acute pain has been also associated with this Torture. method. Then there's an electric method. They use an electric current to damage the beak so that the tip is shed, so the tip falls off. So they did a study where turkeys were trimmed with this electric bio-beaker. It's a device generating a high-voltage electrical current. that's applied by two electrodes, uh, one on each side of the beak. Uh, this causes extensive tissue damage, which causes pain. Um it causes the greatest amount of tissue damage, so I wonder if it causes the greatest amount of pain. I don't know. I'm not in the medical field, but it's painful. You can assume it does. So there's infrared light. Um, Novatech is a company that uses uh, that sells these machines. It's used to damage the beak so that, again, the tip falls off. Um, it's been endorsed by the British Farm Animal Welfare Council as a preferred choice um, because there is an absence of an open wound and there's no long-term stress or pain for the bird. Short-term, yes, but uh, long-term, uh, no. Okay, so a secateur, I googled it for you, Nancy. What these are, are pruning shears. They're called pruning shears, and they, they cut bushes with them. Oh, sorry. Uh, let me take that. apologize. Uh, Audrey? Hi, hi. Hi, Audrey. I just interrupted my co-host, William Mayoff, here because I didn't want to miss the call. Welcome. Oh, okay. Thank you. to Animal. <laughs> Welcome to Animal News Magazine. You're live on LA Talk Radio in Los Angeles. And uh, thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us today about a very important issue. But before we start... Welcome, you... Audrey. Yes. William Mayoff, your co-host. 
Appreciate your time. Karina. Hi. Welcome. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can you please uh, tell us who you are, uh, what you do, um, what, what your organization is about? What organizations do you work with? Yeah, of course. So I work um, at Last Chance for Animals. Um, it's a Los Angeles-based animal rights organization that has been around for almost four decades. So they do work for, uh, their overall mission, mission is to end animal exploitation in all forms. Um, so whether it be for food or for clothing or for entertainment, um, that's the type of work that they do. So, uh, and one of the horrible uh, fields uh, of animal abuse is animals and entertainment. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the circus. So, right. uh, what, what's this? Since let's start with what, what in the United States uh, are. How do you? How do you? Who has? Who's in charge of that? Is it is the cities? I think have uh, can pass laws, bylaws uh, to ban uh, circus animals. Correct. Uh, yeah, more so. Um, so, for instance, it's more so like states. So, California in 2018, they did pass a bullhook ban. Um, so, there's numerous jurisdictions that have outright bans on the use of wild animals and circuses, but there's also like restrictions on the types of animals that you can use, okay. or there's restrictions on the types of tools that the trainers can use. So elephants, they can't, they don't perform unless they are, uh, unless their trainers use what's called a bull hook. And um, so California banned that in 2018. Um, so yeah, there's numerous jurisdictions that do have those types of bans and restrictions. Okay, what she, um, what United... she was asking, Audrey, what she was asking, and you've answered already, is it's regulated by the state, it appears, and not the municipalities or the cities, right? The states make all these uh, or, uh, these laws and restrict bullhicks as opposed to as opposed to a county or a, or a city correct right you you would want to yeah it would be a state ban okay so that's beautiful so the bullhook but it could also be uh like if LA county wanted to ban circuses it could do it right right yeah, yeah okay it could. what's been your experience though is it usually state level or the city municipal level the, the, you know what, what um, yeah, um, I've, I have been seeing more state level. Excellent. Uh, I mean, just recently, Hawaii and New Jersey, they're the most recent states to um, ban circus animal acts. Um, and then the state of California has Senate Bill 313 pending, um, which has passed. It's on its final leg in the Assembly. So if passed uh, in the Assembly, um, it goes to the desk of the governor to be signed into law. Great. That's so fantastic. So California is, yeah, right on the edge of also passing a ban. Okay. So before we, I, I, I do have another question, but could you explain for those people who don't know, who are listening, uh, what, what is a, how is the, what is a bull hook and how is it used on the animal? On the elephant. On the elephant. Uh, so, yeah, that was just an example. So there's like countless tools. We call them tools of torment that circuses use. Um, you know, when in the wild do you see a bear riding a bicycle or a tiger jumping through a ring of fire? Those aren't normal um, things that these animals want to do. They have to be, you know, taught to do them. Um, and so the trainers use tools of torment like bull hooks, um, ropes, electric rods uh, to kind of force them into performing. Um, the, and those are standard practices in circuses that do feature animals. So, um, so okay. Let's say so. Whenever the state bans the circuses, they can't have these animals anymore. Uh, what happens to the tigers, to the bears, to the elephants? Where do they go? What happens to them? Uh, so, the best case scenario, um, the animals are retired to sanctuaries, um, where if they're too old or too sick, they can live out their lives um, in peace. Uh, if they are young enough, they can be rehabilitated and then hopefully released back into the wild. Um, but there is a worst case scenario and that's that these animals end up getting shipped elsewhere by uh, the circus owns them. Um, so they'll ship them to other countries, uh, so that they can continue performing, um, or they'll, you know, sell them to zoos, which they still exploit animals for profit at zoos. So really it could go either way. So, with your experience, um, who, what circuses 
the worst, if there's such a thing. They're all pretty bad, but which one really stands out as being really the most evil? Um, so, I mean, any of them that feature wild animals, that's bad. I mean, those animals, they don't deserve to live that way. They should be living in the wild. So um, any circus that features wild and exotic animals, in my opinion, would be the absolute worst. But let, let me ask a question, maybe out of ignorance. I thought they've been, at least in California, haven't all the animal circuses been banned already in California? Um, or is so, that wishful thinking? No, I don't there's know. No state, there's no you know, law here. That's what California is trying to pass with Senate Bill 313. Oh. Um, yeah. So I, I once thought that it's passed, been banned already. I thought been, that's why you have... Uh, What's that Vegas uh, thing called? I keep forgetting them, Nancy. What's it called? Cirque Circus Soleil? Circus, yeah. No, Cirque oh, Soleil. Cirque Soleil, yeah. I, I thought it's been banned already in California. Look at that. So there's still circuses making the circuit here in uh, California where they use animals, obviously, according to what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, in California, definitely. But they, 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 they use um, the cats. It must Cirque be... Cirque Soleil, they don't, they don't use animals. No, I know that. That's why I'm saying, hasn't the trend... Uh, I would have thought that one of the 50 states or some of them already banned animals in circuses. Is that too optimistic on no, my part? No, they're still, but I think they're becoming, even though they're they're still allowed in different parts it's of the country no, and the world, they're they're becoming, Audrey, aren't they becoming less popular? Are people becoming more educated? I mean, what is what do you see? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't have the complete list, but there's several, you know, jurisdictions in California that have passed either uh, complete bans or partial bans. But I think the trend is turning away. People are becoming more aware that, um, you know, animals are sentient beings that have feelings and feel pain and that they deserve to be in their natural habitat. Um, and not forced to perform, you know, just for entertainment and for profit. Um, so I think because of that, there are these circuses like Cirque du Soleil and I, um, Circus Vargas, I believe also. They they don't use animals. But yeah, okay. in California, there's not a statewide ban yet. Um, that's what we are pushing for. It's going to build 313 to be passed. Beautiful. Uh, but yeah, there are various, you know, cities or counties in California that do have either partial bans or complete bans. So, Audrey, how can the people out there in listener land go ahead and let their legislators know in Sacramento to pass the ban there three, to support Senate Bill 313? What do they do? What webpage? Or where can they go to the, be proactive? Yeah, so you can visit um, LCA's website, lcanimal.org, um, or nosecircuscruelty.com. Sl- say slowly, please, um, again. Say it again slowly, please. Uh, lcanimal.org. Uh, but I also want to mention there's also a federal bipartisan bill that was recently launched in Congress, and it's called the Traveling Exotic Animal and Public Safety Protection Act. Um, so if that's passed, it would actually outlaw use of wild and exotic animals in traveling shows all over the United States. So I would also highly recommend people reach out to their legislators and ask them to co-sponsor that bill. Beautiful. So, Say that webpage again, please, for the state of California to assist in getting Senate Bill 313 passed. What's the webpage again, please? Oh, I was referring to LCA's website, lcanimal.org. So we can go to lcanimal.org and sign the petition or something? Well... I mean, no, I'm going to say this. So there's that bipartisan federal bill that's... That's, are you suggesting that there's somehow we can sign something to encourage the bill to pass, or, or am I misunderstanding something? So for the federal bill, um, Animal Defenders International are the ones that really spearheaded that. Okay. But it's on your um, webpage. It's on yeah. your webpage, right? So they can just go. To, they can Google "last chance for animals." Right. Get to your webpage and start being proactive. Right. Correct? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on there that they're involved in a lot of campaigns and activities. It's not just this. So there is a right, lot of Audrey? information on there. They're on Facebook, Twitter. It's. Uh, I remember a long time ago, your founder. I got his book. I was working in Century City. I don't know how I came across Last Chance for Animals. But um, I got to meet your undercover investigator, and he got me a book. And um, Who's actually, that? 
um, the undercut of if last chance for animals. Wait, maybe you're not supposed to say his name because he won't be. Able I to won't cover. mention his name, Don't but he's probably re- I would never mention Don't his spoil name. Spoil any cover. And he, um, and he uh, sent me. I think I, I was a free copy of uh, your founder's name. I forgot his name. I think he has an Italian name. Um, is he still around? It's, uh, Chris. Chris. There you Chris. go, Chris. Yeah. What Chris an amazing. People should get that book, Animal Advocates, who really want, you know. To, What's it called? It, I forgot, but it was almost like an autobiography. Uh, Audrey, what's the name of the book? Do you know? I hate it's to put called you in, in Your Face. Oh, that's right, In Your Face. I have. I think I still have that book. What I mean, I mean, he's not a professional writer. And you writer. can order it on Amazon. I don't know if you can. I bet you. No. In Your Face, go to smile.amazon.com, smile.amazon.com. And you can get an animal cause in there. And a few shows ago, we were pushing for the baby gorillas here in the Santa Clarita Valley in Los Angeles. The Gibbons. So you can donate to the Gibbons or Last Chance for Animals or any of these beautiful animal organizations. Right, Audrey? Right. Beautiful. Oh, you are on Last Chance for Animals on on smile.amazon.com? Yes. Okay, excellent. So so tell me, how are these, uh, how do the, what is the, okay, who these animals are. The, I think they believe. I believe they're regulated by the USDA, the um, Federal Animal Welfare Act. Correct. And what kind of protections do they have? Do they have any? So um, the Animal Welfare Act it governs circuses. They require circuses to uh, maintain proper licenses and to undergo um, regular inspections um, by the USDA. Is the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service. But, you know, the Animal Welfare Act falls incredibly short in actually regulating the circuses because um, their standards, they're, they're really vague and they're minimal in regards to circus animals. Um, there's also not enough inspectors to, um, to monitor these circuses and the fact that they are constantly traveling. Um, a lot of the shows, they go from city to city, state to state, so it's quite difficult for the inspectors to... Look at to monitor them when they're on the move. They're on the move. But uh, they're but there have been. Uh, it's it's hard. I mean, some once in a while, you know, they'll go and inspect and they'll get caught. Uh, Carson and Barnes, I believe, in June of 2018. Um, I think you may have heard of this in Missouri. They were they charged. Uh, oh, Anthony Frisco. He was spawned by the devil, Anthony Frisco. I think they're Frisco brothers or something. Um, he was he uh, was charged with he was he's an elephant handler. He he's he's lived his whole life in the circus, and that's what he does. He he brutalizes circus animals. Anyway, um, he didn't provide two elephants with adequate care and shelter. Uh, they were forced to stand on asphalt and direct sunlight in eighty nine degree weather without access to shade. Uh, he pleaded guilty to lesser lesser charges Terrible. of uh, littering or something, but uh, yeah, Terrible. it goes on and on with the Carson and Barnes and uh, Cole brothers. It's um, you know it, it's just horrible. How are the uh, well? How are these? How do they train these animals? What do they do? The t- how do you train a tiger? What do they? How do they do it with the tiger? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, they um, they use tools of torment. Um, so whether it be, you know, sticks or electric rods, um, you know, these are wild animals. They they don't want to do these, you know, ridiculous tricks and they're not natural. They don't do them in the wild. Right. So um, they have to be, you know, Terrible. to be forced into submission. Um, and that's where the tools of torment come in. It's terrible. It's just disgusting to hear this stuff. Yeah. So, um, really are there so these? Um, so, what are the com- most common animals in the circus that they use? We know they have tigers. How do they get their tigers? Where do they get them from? Do they poachers? breed them? Do they poachers, steal them from somewhere? How do they get their animals? Uh, so, um, last chance for animals. They actually one of the, their undercover investigators exposed. Um, Child Entertainment, which is Ringling Brothers Parent Company. Um, and Ringling Brothers, they are the large circus that announced in 2017 that they would be closing after 146 years. Wow. Um, but anyway, so LCA's undercover investigator exposed um, Child Entertainment stealing their infant elephants away from 
uh, the Elfins Brothers in the wild. Oh, definitely. And they get them from the wild um, or they breed them in captivity. Mm-hmm. And there's also... Um... Did she say Circus Vargas has now become animal-free? It's animal-free, Is yeah. it animal-free now? Audrey? Um... I, I'm not sure if they ever used animals, but they I don't believe that they have animals in their shutting. They're still alive. And That's walking. great to hear. And also Shriners, um, people think that they go to the Shriner Circus and they're making contributions to the hospital. And there was a big scandal a few years ago about the executives who took all that circus money. And uh, anyway, I think they were... They were Do they uh, still exist, the Shriner Circus? Yeah, of course. They're, they're they? alive and well. Aren't they, Audrey? They're alive and well. And my understanding is a small portion of the funds we got this uh, go. Um, Dale, can you help us? No, the call is dropped. Yeah. The call is dropped. Well, can we undrop the call? She makes the phone call. I'm calling. Hi, I think our call dropped. Yeah, we Hello? got this. That's fine. I just wanted to ask you a question. Shriner Circus is still alive and well, right? Um, I believe so yes i think they are and uh they claim that uh the proceeds uh most of the proceeds go to help triner's hospital hospital for children but i um i don't believe that so from uh, ask audrey what else besides which is plenty the circus animal what else does last chance for animals do what's their what else do you do right yeah what else do you do so we can help the message the cause audrey yeah, um, so Last Chance Animals is an abolitionist organization that works to end animal exploitation in any form. Um, so whether that be, you know, for food, um, for clothing, you know, for Beautiful. getting fur banned. Um, I would definitely say people will check out the website, lcanimal.org. You can yeah. see some of the amazing work uh, that LCA does. Cool. Um, and the various campaigns and investigations that they've done over the last four decades now. Amazing. Yeah, That's I remember great. when I first heard about you guys, and it's uh, what a wonderful organization. Is Crystal running the show there? Uh, yes. Oh, great, great book, um, great organization. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to us today. Um, I... Uh, I'd like to have you back on the show at a later time to talk about other topics that uh, of import, like rodeo and and uh, animals and agriculture and stuff like that. Do they like sell that. anything last like hats or caps or bags or anything? Do they sell anything? Do you? Uh, yeah. Do you guys sell uh, like tote bags, like PETA does, or uh, other organizations do, to, uh, with your name, your logo on to it? To get funds in. You think of the most amazing. Because I want to know if they have bags that I can go to Ralph's with a bag. For yeah. Do you sell animal? that on your website? Do you have like? Shopping bags, tote bags, caps, T-shirts. Uh, yeah, uh, if you go to our website um, and then under the drop down, select the uh, merchandise option, um, we do okay. have. Uh, I got yourself two Audrey's customers. The best. Audrey's the best. Okay. Audrey, thank you very much. We have to wrap it up. The show uh, is uh, ending, but thank you so much for shedding some light on this brutal industry. And it is. Um, you know, people becoming more aware. It is becoming less and less popular. Thank goodness. Thanks to people um, like you, Audrey. We want you thank back, you. and we thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Thanks have for having me. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Thanks. For, have a nice rest of the day. Thank you. Well, uh, I just wanted to uh, end by saying that um, Carson and Barnes is a circus. And I want to continue my story with Anthony Frisco. Well, it's not the story. Just he, in, in 2016, these are just these are just reported cases. Like Audrey said, inspectors are few and far between, and um, some of them are probably in cahoots with the circus, for all we know. But um, he was um, Tim Frisco, and I don't know if it's the same as Anthony Frisco, but he was the circus animal care director for Carson and Barnes, and he was videotaped viciously attacking elephants with a bullhook, shocking them with an electric prod, and instructing the trainers to embed sharp metal hooks in the elephant's flesh until the animals screamed in pain. People, don't go to the freaking animal circus anymore. Cirque du Soleil is amazing. 
you know, Vargas, Circus Vargas. So just he's stop. associated with a particular circus? Yeah. Say, say it a yeah, few he, he moves around. He goes from circus to circus. Well, Cole, I think he also did some work for Cole Brothers, but they closed in 2016. But there's Anthony Frisco. That's the guy who's prodding, electrocuting all these animals. Well, this is Tim Frisco, but but Anthony Frisco also, he, he's the one who had an elephant stand to direct silent with no shade in 89-degree weather. Frisco, F-R-I-S-C-O. I like to do more research on this SOB because if he every, just makes me If everyone mobilizes mad. and gets your cell phone out and take pictures and take movies of any abuse of animals and all that, you'll, you'll help a cause. You'll feel good and you'll make good karma for yourself. And please go to lcanimal.org, Last Chance for Animals. They have a wealth information. And I think it's a great idea to, William had, buy a tote, support them by buying a tote bag. Yeah. And, you, know, you don't want to give them $5, $10, just, or smile.amazon.com. This is a They're on there. It's a great way to yeah. donate. Donate. Again, you can go to smile.amazon.com, put in Last Chance for Animals or the Gibbons, an animal charity of your choice. And in Europe and in North America, they want you to recycle bags, go in with your bags like this. You know, show your kids, show everybody that you care about animals. Now, Circus Pages is another one that I don't want to I want to talk about very briefly because we're going off the air in an hour. Um, in an hour. So in 2016, in a minute, Circus Pages trainer. Circus Pages is a circus, and they were whipping and beating a tiger after he grabbed and dragged a trainer. And uh, in 2016, footage showed that the circus trainers were whipping a lion, lion, forcing a lame elephant to carry riders by using bull hooks and vigorously shaking a dog, a regular dog, forced to wear an elephant costume. Shaking a dog that was forced to wear elephant costumes. So it's just very bad. Uh, and uh, the Animal Welfare Act, I think, as Audrey touched upon, is just not enough. It's just not enough. The best thing to do, don't go to the circus. Just don't do it. Don't wait for some kind of legislation to be, you know, to pass and to be uh, enforced. Just it, don't it, go to the animal. Don't go. Just don't go. Go to Last Chance for Animal Guide. You go to PETA's website, click on circuses. It'll tell you to uh, lend your support to that federal initiative. Anyways, don't, you know, you know, the uh, circus that I, you know, gives you it's human a great beings show. who climb and jump and do all kinds of weird things and go through hoops. So, you know, they wear these nice costumes. Go see the Blue Man Group. Okay. Go see the Blue Man Thank Group. Thank you very much. Thank you for spending this time with us. It's time to go. It's time to stop talking. Okay. Ciao. Have a nice Bye, day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love and kisses. Be the dog. Be the dog. Be, be the person your dog thinks you are. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio, 